So today we're going to continue on this series of being built by Christ that Pastor Nick started, um, was it four weeks ago? August, it's been a while. So we're looking at how Christ is actually building the church. This wasn't a man-made thing, this is something ordained by God. And so we've been going through different passages and looking at examples of how the church has been built. Uh, today I'm going to be reading out of the book of Acts in chapter 20, if you want to turn to there. Um, Acts is a chronological book of the history of the church being built. So as, as things were happening, it's recorded what happened. Um, as you read through the book of Acts, so you're going to see things like, even in today's portion, you're going to see things like we spent X number of days or weeks or even months or years in a certain location. Now, that might only happen in just one little paragraph. So you don't get three years worth of what happened. Um, so the book of Acts is kind of flows through. This is what was going on. Um, but then you read in the letters that follow the epistles. Um, there's there's uh, Corinthians. We were in Corinthians last week. Pastor Michelle that about. It's more of an in-depth teaching. And so Pastor Nick was teaching on being grounded in the gospel last week. It was a really good message. I love that. Way to preach the Gospels. Um, today we're going to be looking at Acts, but we're going to be talking to some elders of a church from Ephesus. So Paul shares about how he was there for three years in the portion that we're going to read today. But it's again, it's just a few sentences. It's just a blurb through. I, I, I was with you guys for three years. But we have to realize there was a rapport already built with these people. Paul talks about it. I was with you with, for three years in tears, preaching to you, sharing the gospel, teaching you how to act. And so I just want to say that at the beginning, just so you can understand what's going on. Um, he may reference some things, or I might actually draw some of the things that he taught if you would go back into the book of Ephesians and see some of the examples that he taught over three years to these people. All right, so does that make sense? So, okay. So what, what has happened is we've come to a point in the church history that Paul has already served in Ephesus, and he served in other locations like Corinth, uh, and now he's on a journey to Jerusalem. It's his final journey. Um, not everybody knows it. He kind of surprises these guys. Uh, but he knows it. He knows that God tells him this is the last time you're going to see these people um, so the importance of the words that he shared with them is probably weighing pretty heavy on them. Like we, Pastor Nick and I were talking about, this is the final time you get to share. Like, if this was the last time I was ever going to speak with you, um, I would really, really, really focus in on what I'm going to share. I'm going to share what Paul talked today, but like, if this was my final message, I had three actually in Quebec, so... My 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 uh, departure was delayed, so I actually got to preach to the youth group three times. But uh, they were really good messages. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Acts chapter twenty. If you would go there with me, and we're gonna start in verse seventeen, and we'll go to the end of the chapter. Okay, so now from Miletus I sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. Uh, and, when he, and when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the very first day that I set foot in Asia, 
serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Holy Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. I do not account my life any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom of God will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, among your own selves, will arise men speaking twisted things, trying to draw the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night and day to watch everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all the things that I've shown you that by working, by working hard in this way, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he said these things, he knelt down and he prayed with them all. And there was much weeping in, on the part of them all as they embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, um, how it's living and breathing, how it teaches how it corrects, how it guides us. I pray that uh, the words that I share this morning will be from you. I thank you for Paul's instruction um, to the leaders that you gave him to give to us, that we might live holy lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys ready to dive in? I tend to go long, so I'll go quick. <laughs> I tell stories a lot, so I'll try to bring it back. Just go like this if I'm going too long. So first of all, Paul calls these elders. These, this would be like, um, well, the elders of our church, Doug, Linda, Velma, and Nick calls them, and probably the board, that would be me and these others. He calls these leaders of the church to him. But this isn't just a letter to those types of people. This is a letter to all of us. So in whatever capability or aspect that you are in your life, you are a leader to those around you, you're a leader to your family, you're a leader to, if you're a business owner, you're a leader to your employees. Um, so this is a letter to all, so we can all take something from this. You might be a leader and you don't even know it yet. Just throw that one out there. Community groups are starting up, and you might start to help out, and all of a sudden you find yourself being a leader. 
So Paul starts off, uh, I'll just go into verse 19. He's, this, these are some tips on how to serve or how he served. He gives us. Uh, he says, uh, how I was with you since the first day that, okay, from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, with trials that happened in uh, how I did not shrink from declaring the gospel or anything that was profitable and teaching in public from house to house. And I break that down a little bit. Uh, first of all, I love how he started with, I taught with humility. This goes against uh, everything that you see in the world today. Um, we have an election happening south of the border with us right now. Um, it's not very humble watching these guys speak, is it? Um, we just had one in Canada. We're, we're no different. Uh, this is the way the world is. It's like, look at me, look what I've done. Uh, boast, 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 cry, cry, cry. And Paul was like the total opposite of that. He was the guy that was probably cleaning toilets if they had toilets. He was the guy serving bread and things. And he was a guy taking time to sit down with people and with their concerns. It wasn't, if he ever mentioned anything that he did or that he went through, it was like, hey guys, this is a warning. This could happen to you, but this isn't about me. This is about Christ. I do this for Christ. Even in this letter, he's saying, this is the last time you're going to see me. Because the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to be in chains. I don't know what's going to happen, but I've come to serve you one more time. He's humble. He's very, he's very humble. Um, so Paul says, remember how I served among you um, in this capacity, in this way. Uh, the second thing, I love this one, um, and I will take some of my time to share a story. But he says, with tears. Now, some of you are fairly new to our church, uh, but some of you have been here a little bit longer and can remember back a few pastors, past Pastor Nick, past Pastor Tim, past Pastor Al even, and we had a pastor here that was an interim pastor. Like, we had Tim as an interim pastor. We've actually had interim pastors here before, right, Elmo? And we had a pastor named Pastor Legault. Do you remember him? Now, Pastor Legault came here at a key point in my life. Um, I had just become a Christian. Um, I had just gotten married. Um, and then Pastor Chuck Brewer, who was here, had left. And Pastor Legault came in. And uh, Liza and I were building a house. And Pastor Legault was the first pastor to come visit me. Um, and he didn't brag about He didn't show up Sunday morning and say, Yeah, I went and visited Keith last week. He was very humble in this. But it meant a lot to me. Uh, it, re- it moved me to this day that this man would come and care for me. He came up to, he says he came up to see a, a wooden basement being built because he'd never seen one. But that was just his cover for coming to see me because we shared lunch. Um, he asked me about the church, how I liked it, how if I had questions, and over this small, simple lunch, and it, I think it was literally bread and cheese, is what we had. He brought it. Uh, and it was crack. It was crackers and cheese. We had crackers and cheese, and I think a juice box between the two of us. Um, but it was beautiful. It was this precious moment that I still remember that this man came to care for me, part of his flock, and. Paul is saying, remember how I shared with you with tears. His passion was for the gospel. Um, 
his passion was for this flock, this huge flock that is, includes all of us. Um, and that's what he was doing. He was, he was drawing these guys back one more time. Hey, this is my final time. I'm going to speak to you. Listen to what I'm going to say. This is important. Remember how I cried with you? Because I loved you so much. And in my notes, I, I kind of debated sharing this, but I will, I will say it. Um, this was not televangelist tears. Make a point of that. This isn't these guys that you see on TV that can turn it off and turn it on. He had compassion for these people. He, we, he wept for these people. They meant a lot to him. Um, Pastor Nick and I were actually talking about that with me uh, when, I ran, when I worked with youth here. Um, it was an emotional time for me. Um, and when I had to leave, that was a hard time. Um, I, I cared for the flock that I was entrusted to. Paul was saying that. Remember this. Remember how important this is. Um, he, mentioned, he mentions trials. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to actually go back very far to see the trial. Like just the chapter before, he was about to get stoned at again. Like he, he, everywhere this guy went, he shared about Jesus, and people got mad because it went against what they thought was right, or again, went against their lifestyle, and so what did they do? They tried to kill him, or they would throw him in prison, or they would beat him, or they would whip him, and he said, remember how I acted in this, remember how I served through all of this, um, we all have trials, I'm sure I could ask every single one of you, and if you were honest, you would say something's happened this even this past week that you're going through. Um, I would say, this is what I'm taking from it, Paul's saying, like, how do you walk through that? How do you hold your head up? How do you, how do you deal with this thing that's going on? Um, people are watching us. Uh, if you say that you're a Christian, people are watching you to see how you handle the things that you're going through. Uh, I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, uh, that you might have messed up. I mess up all the time. I lose my temper still. I should. I don't do it as much. God's growing that in me. But man, you guys remember what I was like. This is my mother and father-in-law. Um, yeah, they saw me before, and they they saw me as I matured. Uh, Paul's went through trials, and he's handled them well. Um, he never talked bad about anybody, um, but always pointed to Christ. And through his faith in Christ, that's how he's endured these trials. Imagine, like, you're floating in the sea in a ship that just got shipwrecked for, is it three days? I think they said they were shipwrecked for three days at one point. Um, how, do you, how do you handle that? Shark-infested waters. Look to the Lord. <laughs> yeah. uh, verse 20 says he... Uh, I'll read what he says. How I did not shrink from declaring anything to you that was profitable. So as leaders, he's reminding them to teach what is profitable. Teach what is good. And as we were saying, like this is his final message. Uh, pick what you're going to share. And you only got a little bit of time. This is what's important. Remember what I taught that was important. Remember the three years that I spent with you. Remember the key lessons that I taught. Uh, if you glance back through the book of Ephesians, I just this morning looked, uh, glanced through the letter, uh, you see that he taught about grace that's received through faith in Jesus Christ. 
That's really cool. Uh, that we're all one in Christ through the finished work of the cross, the blood that was shed from Jesus that made us all one. Uh, importance of unity, of not fighting between ones and among another, but being united that, hey, you might have a different ministry than I do, but it's all for the glory of God, so we are working this together. Remember that. Don't be divided. Don't be split. Stay together. Uh, to walk in love. Everything that Paul did was through love. You have to love to be able to go through the things that he went through. Um, putting on the full armor of God is a whole other lesson I won't get into, but it was all to stand or withstand the attacks of the enemy, which we're going to get into. Um, all these things that he, he taught was to build up and edify the church to make the church grow stronger. Right? We want you to become mature Christians. We want you... We're not saying that we want you to be perfect. Uh, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but to grow, we want you to grow and learn. Learn from your mistakes and learn from the examples that were given to us. Uh, he not only taught in public, like out in the courts, or he was a tent maker, he'd be working, and as he worked, he taught. But he went house to house to people's houses and had crackers and cheese with them in a juice box. Right. It's a good example. Uh, we're starting up community groups. There's a book for your community groups. This is how we learn. This is how we grow. Um, as a teacher, you grow. <laughs> that, that was some of my greatest growing times was actually teaching. Because I would have questions posed to me. I would try to find the answers and bring them back. I grew. Uh, there's very many people that were just young teenagers here that are moms and dads now that helped me grow. Thank you. Um, so all these things that he's reminding the leaders of the church, uh, this is what I did, this is what I taught, this is how I went through it. This is important, remember it. Then all of a sudden we get to verse 25 and he drops this bombshell. Uh, none of you guys are going to see me again. I gotta go. I'm not coming back. This is, this This would have caught them off guard. This would have been shocked. This would have been, oh, no, it's not true. He testifies that the Holy Spirit is telling him everywhere that he goes that chains await him. And yet he's pressing forward because he must complete what God has given him to do. This is Paul's passion. I must complete this work. Um, I'd love to stay with you. I'd love to stay here and have crackers and cheese and, and talk and teach you more. But I've already spent three years and look, now I'm back again for one last message. Take it in. Take a moment and breathe. Okay? But I must be about what God is calling me to do. God brings leaders into our lives. God takes leaders from our lives. It's God's plan, not ours. And we have to carry ourselves through it. Um, Paul says, remember the things that I've taught you so that you can stand on your own and lead. Uh, besides, he says, it's not me you're supposed to be looking at, it's Christ. Right? Get it out of your heads. It's not the pastor that you're supposed to be looking at. The pastor is supposed to be teaching you to look to Christ. The crisis that you're going through it's not the pastor that's going to get you through it. It's Christ. 
not taking anything away from the pastor, but that's what his job is to shepherd the flock and care. Looking towards Christ. Um, then he uses Christ's analogy of the church. That's us, that's this body. This is not just here, but in other churches in Dryden and around the world. We are the flock. That was the title of this message, was uh, One Flock. Something like that. Christ, Christ's uh, analogy of him being the great shepherd and us as a flock. Uh, and he gives a stern, serious warning. Uh, verse 20, it says, Pay careful attention. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Pay, pay, pay careful attention to yourselves and to the whole flock in which the Holy Spirit made you overseers. Because after I'm gone, I'm leaving people. I'm, I'm not going to be here anymore. After I leave, savage wolves are going to come in and harm the flock. Some of them are going to be from you. Some of them are going to come up and try to speak twisted things to draw you away from Christ. It's just a warning. In the midst of all this teaching, in the midst of this remembering what I've done, there's this stern warning. This is important, people. This is final time speaking to these elders. Remember that this is going to happen. Now, are we supposed to be scared? No, savage wolves are going to come in amongst us. No, we're to be prepared. We're supposed to trust in God. We're supposed to have faith in Jesus that he is going to get us through these things. Pay careful attention to yourself as leaders. Watch what you're watching. Watch what you're doing. Don't get tripped up. I don't have to give examples of it. I'm not, you probably are going through your mind right now remembering things that have happened. We're not, we're not supposed to focus on the bad that's happened. We're supposed to focus on the good. Okay? Our focus is on Christ. Okay, so watch what you're watching, leaders, families. Teach your children this. And then he says, Be careful, pay careful attention to the whole flock. So as shepherds, as as elders, as whichever label you overseers it's called in this version, um, we're supposed to look after the flock. Watch what's going on with them. Okay? Um, warn them of the dangers. That's what I'm doing. That's what Paul was doing. That's what we do. Don't do this because this could happen. But rather, do this. Okay? That's a good teacher. This is bad. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. You will get hurt. Rather, stay back and put another man on. Okay? That's a parent teaching a child. I won't go down that trail. Um, shepherds. Leaders. Protect the flock. Use your swing. Use your staff. Um, don't hold back. I think that's part of what's going on in the church right now is everybody's scared to point things out and to raise up their staff because they'll be shot down as income. What's the word I'm looking for? Non-compassionate? Or you've offended me? Well, I'm sorry if I've offended you, but that's bad. Don't do it. You will get hurt. This is what Paul is telling them. Don't shrink from this. He says that in there. I never, I've never shrunk back from sharing the whole gospel. Okay? So if your pastor shares something from the pulpit, 
and said, this is wrong, don't do it, don't be offended. Don't say, oh, he's taking away my right. No, the pastor is trying to share this thing so you don't get hurt because he cares for you, he loves you, or she. They love you, they care for you, they're giving you warnings for your own good. This is a parent with a child. Okay? Still with me? Nobody's leaving? Okay. This is very important because he says, pay, pay careful attention. He ends, he starts this portion, he ends this portion with, uh, therefore be alert. Verse 31, therefore be alert, be on your guard. These things can and will happen if you allow them. But if you stay focused on Christ, they're not going to happen, right? Or you're going to be able to walk through them better. You're going to have um, this ground to stand on. You're going to be grounded in Christ. So we're return back to the beginning with another reminder. He says, for three years, remember the tears that I shed for you because I love you. I would love to listen to Paul. Man, someday. Someday. So now we come to this this last portion. I'm gonna not wrap up yet, but I'm gonna there was this there was this uh, this calling and then this kind of final commission that we just went through. Uh, and now Jesus commends them. And I had to actually look this word up because it's like, okay, you're commended for and there's all these examples in the dictionary. Like, commend has actually got quite a few definitions. I could commend somebody for their good looks. I could commend somebody for their good works. Jesus, or Paul is actually commending these people into God's hands. He's like placing them in God's hands. Now I commend you to God. I'm entrusting you to God. I'm entrusting you to the Father. You're in good hands. Okay? Um... He's saying, he goes through it again, verse 33, remember what I've taught you. Uh, even, in this, even in all this remembering, there's, I'm gonna add, I wasn't going to share this, but there is this one little thing that he adds. He goes, remember that I did not covet anyone's money or their apparel. Okay, So like he's taught all these things all, over all these years with these guys. He's come in and he's taught all these more, like reminding, and all of a sudden he says, don't covet, okay? Don't do it. Don't be jealous of what so-and-so has. Be happy for them. Thank God for them, for what they have. Pray that God will give you what you need. Not what you want, but what you need. Okay? So he's being, be satisfied with what you have. Okay? Just break that one down. And then, right at the very end, verse 36, it says that he kneels down with them. One, act, one last act of care to this flock. Doesn't um, think about crackers and cheese. But he shares something even more important, I believe, that he kneels down with them all on the beach and he prays with them. And I, I would say that this seals in all the work that he's done over the years. This is it, folks. I'm about to go. It's emotional. It's, I imagine there's more tears. Um, this, this when Pastor Nick asked me to share, I said I, I never, I can't read through this one without crying because I walked this. This is this is hard. You've you've sewn in, you've worked with these people for so many years, and now you have to leave, and you don't know if you're coming back. Um, 
your, your heart's been invested. Um, but it's your passion for the gospel that carries you through it. I must finish my work now. And he prays with them, okay, I've got to go. And so they all come up and hug him and they kiss him and they walk him to the boat. And that's it, we're done. I just think this is such a tender moment of, of when, as an, as an early Christian, I read Paul's work uh, that he did and I always thought of him as this gruff man. No nonsense. This is the business of the gospel. Learn it. But when I come through this and what I've, with what I've experienced, I see this flip side of this man, this tender man who loved uh, what he did, the calling that he had, but he loved the flock that he was called to care for. And I think it's just exemplified in this, how it was reflected back to him by the people that he cared for, the people that he loved, loved him back just as much that they would share this tender moment. Um, so, Paul's finished his work. He's done here. He's called them. He's given them a final commission. Remember what I've done. Be on your guard, be alert. And now he commends them to God's hands. He's, look, no one can take care of you better than I can. Okay, I gotta go. And that's where he finishes it. I hope you guys can take away some of the examples that I brought this morning out of what Paul sh shared. Um, each one of you are called. I strongly believe that. I've been saying that for 20-some years now, uh, working with youth. If you're here, there's a reason. How many times they keep smiling at me back? How many times have you ever heard me say that? If you're here this morning, there's a reason for it. You've been called. You've been called to follow Christ in some way. You've been called to turn your life to Him. Um, whether you've answered that call yet, I'm not sure. I don't know where each one of you are at. But there's a reason for you here. A reason for you to hear these words. A reason to hear about this man who loved the flock that he was charged to care for. There's a reason to hear about Christ, the Son of God, who loved each and, one, each and every one of you so much that he would die on the cross for your sins. That's what it's all about. That's this gospel that we were grounded in. I hope that you can take that away this morning. Pastor Nick's going to come and wrap this all up.